going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Talking About? presented by Fenley Road Sports. My name is Bob. As always, I'm talking sports with my older brother, Chris. Just to start off on a personal story, I was able to go home over the weekend, go back to Cleveland and visit the family, and Chris and I were able to kick it on the couch and watch some Sweet 16 college basketball games. And that was really fun just to get back to it, uh, do what we've done really since we've been growing up together, hanging out, watching basketball, talking sports. If you're interested in hearing what a podcast version of that conversation sounds like, certainly go over to our iTunes feed or FenleyRoadSports.com and check out the bonus editions of What Are You Talking About that we've been producing. These are bonus editions devoted just to the March Madness College Basketball Tournament. We already have two episodes up at the start of this podcast, and a third one will be posted in conjunction with this podcast. So certainly check those out if you're into the tournament. Chris, I know you're excited about talking about the tournament. March Madness has been good to me and my bracket. That is all I will say. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tease, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, props to you already. And if you're interested in what I'm propping, uh, definitely check out that third episode that's going to be posted shortly. But today we're going to talk about baseball. And that was kind of weird for me because on my trip back to Cleveland, it was 19 degrees out and snow was on the ground. <laughs> It's hard to imagine that opening day is just a week away, but it is. And believe it or not, that's kind of what opening day is in Cleveland. It's bitter cold and there's snow on the ground, but there's hope that the weather's getting warmer. So we're here to talk baseball. We're going to do a two-part episode. This episode today is going to preview the National League, and next week we'll preview the American League. So we're just going to tour around the leagues, go division by division, talk about the teams that we like, teams that we don't like, players that we like. Uh, Chris, I've been talking for a little bit, so I will let you get started. Our opening day is a great day because it signals hope here in the north that summer is almost here. As you said, it was snowing last weekend. That is not a joke. It was snowing up here in Cleveland. But you'll be happy to know that the temperature got around 40 to 50 today, so things are looking up. Things are looking better. And... uh, yeah, I just can't wait for opening day. Baseball is my favorite sport to attend live. I love going to baseball games in the summer. Uh, as you know, well, as Bob knows, but our audience might not, we did a little tour to California last year, and I saw all five California teams. Bob was with me for the San Francisco half. We saw the uh, Oakland A's and the Giants last year. Got to see an inside-the-park home run. Yep. I was at Kershaw's no-hitter. So I'm a huge baseball fan. I love it. It is I mean, all my sport. I love all sports, but I love going to baseball games the most. So uh, it's pretty fun. It's going to be great. Certainly, it holds a special place in my heart too. Just nostalgia and the idea of of warmth and and the beginning of summer. It, it's it's an awesome time of the year to talk baseball with you. Uh, just for our listeners, if you're interested in a previous podcast about baseball, we previewed the MLB off season free agency moves about a month ago. So certainly check out that podcast, and we have a couple blog posts that talk about it. But you don't have to listen to that to know what we're talking about today. So what division do you want to start with? Let's head eastbound. Uh, the Washington Nationals made some moves this offseason. That's a team that is probably going to steal a lot of headlines in the National League and be a very popular pick by most, and for very good reason. Uh, they yeah. go out and add Max Scherzer to an already loaded rotation that featured Jordan Zimmerman, Steven Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, Doug Fister, and Tanner Rourke, which means one of those five guys is their sixth starter. 
which means they've got a six starter who would probably be the three starter on most other teams. It's kind of scary yeah. how crazy they are at pitching, which also means that if they struggle offensively or something, they could easily pawn one of those guys off, maybe get a bat, maybe get some extra help at the deadline if they're looking good. I'm not confident on all those guys staying healthy. The guy's circle is uh, Gio Gonzalez. He's kind of struggled a little bit ever since his first year in Washington. He was phenomenal, but the last couple, he's struggled just a little bit by his standards. So he may, you know, slide out of there at some point. Doug Fister, obviously the five guy, is the one who's most likely to lose his job, but he's still a fairly solid pitcher. So... I think most teams would uh, give to have half of what the Nationals have. And, you know, the pitching always seems to be the strong point in baseball. If you're deep at pitching, you're generally going to go far. And you got to look at what the Nationals have done and say that they're locked and loaded and primed to uh, defend their NL East crown. Certainly. I, I totally agree with you. The amount of money they've invested in that starting rotation is ridiculous. And I think of all the big money spending teams that they are certainly the most well equipped to survive what is an injury plague season for every team. Uh, Having six starters is never a bad thing. Like you said, it can turn into an offensive piece if they really need it. Um, I think this is the Nationals best chance to go all in for a World Series title and just spend all the dollars to get there. After this year, they're going to have some some money issues or sorry, some starting pitchers up for free agency and all that. They're going to have some decisions to make whether to keep spending or not. I think this team that we see right now is their best chance to to push for a World Series. And yeah, I don't see any team in the East other than the Nationals making any kind of moves to put themselves in a position to, to top the Nationals. They won the division by 17 games last year, which is a ridiculous Damn. number. <laughs> wow. I mean, well, we'll we'll kind of get to the other guys or lack thereof in just a second. But Nationals aren't just about pitching. I mean, their lineup's pretty loaded too, with uh, Escobar at the top, then Ian Desmond, Bryce Harper, Ryan Zimmerman, and Wilson Ramos in the middle. And we didn't even mention Jason Worth, Denard Span, and Anthony Rendon, who in the early goings will probably be down because of injuries. They might join right. the team a little bit late, but. Jason Worth, 14 home runs, who our cousin, her favorite player, Sarah, yeah, hopefully you're listening, don't think I forgot, and then Anthony Rendon, uh, 16 home runs for him last year too, so the Nationals are just blessed with talent all over the roster, I think it would be a pretty big disappointment if they didn't win the division, especially since, as you mentioned, I think you can pretty much write off the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets. Though I will say about the Mets, Matt Harvey's return is intriguing. Sure, as most people should know, he's an all. He was an All Star in 2013. Arguably a Cy Young contender, he had a 2.27 ERA, less than one WHIP, 191 strikeouts, and 178 in change in innings. But he hasn't pitched since August 24, 2013. Tommy John injury. Yeah. So. That, that that's going to be a very intriguing storyline around the Mets. I think if he comes back, it'll give him a little bit of a pop, and they'll they'll make some noise. But I don't see them as a serious threat. The team to watch, though, is Miami. Absolutely, because they had a quietly good season last year. They signed Stanton to the mega deal, but they made some uh, 
clever moves in getting D. Gordon, the speedster. They got some young talent in Christian Yelch. And Jose Fernandez, he's the big X factor. He was also had off to a fantastic start last year before he also had the Tommy John surgery. So if he can come back and regain his form, that's a team that I could see maybe making a run at, at the easy, definitely number two in the division. I don't think they're better than the Nationals, but I could see them giving them a little bit of a, of a challenge. I mean, maybe they'll, they'll hang around there, but I, I think this division's Washington's to lose. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think Miami Marlins will, will finish second. The outfield is strong with Yelch, Stanton, and Ozuna as their other guy. And they have Michael Morse at first. They added that piece, and he's a he's a solid a solid bat. Um, it's really surprising to me that the Marlins are now the second-best team in the East. It was only three years ago when they spent all that money and then blew up the team less than a year later, and now they're back with a young core so kudos for them for, for rebuilding. Unlike Matt Harvey, who's going to start the season uh, fully healthy, Fernandez is a mid-season return, and that's always a little more dangerous and to be waiting for that guy to come back from Tommy John surgery as opposed to getting an off-season to build into it. Um, by all reports, Matt Harvey is throwing lights out velocity in spring training, so I think he's ready to go. And the Mets... Um, Matt Harvey is definitely a question mark, but if they can turn back the clock on David Wright and Curtis Granderson, that's the key right there, the middle of that lineup, which is uh, really disappointing last year. If they can stay healthy and regain what what they played like just a few years ago, they could make some noise, but I don't believe it. Uh, the further away you get from that prime form, the less likely you are to return to it. So, yeah, I'm running off the Mets, but the Marlins are intriguing, and they have some good pieces. I like that they added Matt Latos as their number two. That's a really good really good starting pitcher that often gets un- overlooked by uh, some other talent. So, yeah, they have some pieces in place. I think they're a couple years off, but, yeah, they're good. I would also just want to say that never count out the Atlanta Braves. They always seem to pull together a really quality team. That being said, they traded away Jason Hayward, Evan Gaddis, and Justin Upton from a team that struggled so hard to hit the ball last year and really replaced them with nobody. So I really think this will be a down year for them, but they always they have a strong young rotation with Alex Wood and Julio Tehran. But yeah, they can make some noise, but um I don't know. They they're they're always an intriguing team that always has they always are in the midst. They're never awful. Sometimes they're not good, but they're always talented and they always have a plan. So I would never rule them out. Yeah, I would agree. It's it, based on reputation. You can't really completely write off Atlanta. I'm going to contradict myself by saying, I think I'm going to write off Atlanta. Their off season was a bit puzzling. What was a red flag for me was that they fired their general manager. That's never a good sign. I think that they are priming up to kind of tear the thing apart and build it up a little bit. The Phillies, I'm completely writing off because they're in free fall mode. They are paying oh, for, for sure. their past sins. They signed some terrible contracts to contend, which is a cautionary tale to Washington. Washington signed a few of those contracts right now. They're going to be living large, but three, four years from now, you might be the Phillies. And I'm not exaggerating. Those contracts turn bad in a hurry. And Philadelphia is definitely paying for them. They have not hit rock bottom yet. They Kept tearing some things apart in the offseason, but there's going to be a little bit more tearing down than doing Philadelphia. 
I think the Marlins are young, maybe a year away. I think they should make some noise because the division's pretty weak. And like yeah. you said, the Mets, it's hard to turn back the clock once time's passed you by. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Atlanta has the reputation. I was just very puzzled by their offseason. Yeah, me too. It wasn't a good sign to fire their GM. I think this is going to be a year that Atlanta takes a bit of a step back. But it wouldn't surprise me if they get back into the mix next year or very soon. Certainly. Yeah, Philly can can barely even trade away the guys that they have on those big deals. Like Nobody wants Ryan Howard. That deal is atrocious. Cole Hamels, they've struggled to deal... They've essentially he's been the source of rumors for going on two years now. It looks like he's finally gonna get traded this year. Cliff Lee could be done for his career. He's out for the year, I believe. And Jonathan Papelbon has been a subject of trade rumors for a couple of years. Nobody really wants him. So yeah, definitely a cautionary tale for the top of the division with Washington Nationals. And there's absolutely no way the Phillies don't finish fourth or fifth at the bottom of this division. So I think we're in consensus on this one that the Washington Nationals will win the NL East. Yeah, like I said, they're the most well-equipped to handle any kind of adversity of all the favorites in the MLB, really. And yeah, combined with a weak division, they're going to win. See, my DC friends, if you're listening, we don't hate your city. We're yeah, shout you out some to love. You. Now, see if we're giving you love at the end when we make World Series picks, but... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I believe our, our we're going to pick the NL pick, but our World Series pick is going to come in part two when we reveal the second half of the equation. So oh, very true. There, there will be a cliffhanger at the end of this podcast. So <laughs> don't stop listening, though. No, certainly not. So let's move to the NL Central. Who is the most intriguing team to you there? Well, this is the most intriguing division, arguably, in all of baseball. Oh, definitely. And... First off, you got to start at the top, like always. St. Louis has just been not only a dynasty in this division, but a dynasty in the National League. Yep. Four straight NLCS appearances, two World Series appearances during that span. How can you not start with them? Uh, but they've got some health issues. Uh, Michael Waka, Adam Wainwright, a great one-two punch in the rotation if they're healthy. I like Lance Lynn, John Lackey, and they just announced that Carlos Martinez will take the five spot in place of injured uh, Jaime Garcia, which is a solid middle of the rotation. It's nothing what, like what Washington has, but you could do a lot worse than that. But I don't like that rotation if Lance Lynn's the number one starter. I, I think Waka and Wainwright need to sure. be healthy, or at least one of them needs to be pitching at ace-like level in order for this team to have a chance. But we mentioned Atlanta earlier. The team that got Jason Hayward is the St. Louis Cardinals, and that could be the value trade or, or signing of the year because he joins a pretty solid lineup with Matt Adams, Colton Wong, Johnny Peralta, Matt Holiday, with Matt Carpenter setting that table. The only really issue I see on this team, other than the health of Waka and Wainwright, is the bullpen. After Trevor Rosenthal, there isn't much of a bridge to get to him, so that could be a bit of an underbelly. But reports do say that their farm system, and historically the Cardinals' farm system, seems to trot out another pitcher every year. Yeah. So if there's one thing I'm confident in, it's that St. Louis could develop pitching. So they should be able to find some guys who can fill those spots. But... I got to start at the top. I mean, I'm not I'm not about to pick against a team that's uh, been so consistent for so long. I mean, they lose Albert Pujols after winning the World Series and bounce back to go to three more NLCSs. So I'm not about to pick against that track record. 
Certainly. Uh, just a couple more stats about their consistency. Since 2008, they've won at least 86 games. Since 1998, they've only had two losing seasons. Uh, they are just, I, to me, they're the class of the MLB, uh, a la the New England Patriots or San Antonio Spurs in football and basketball, respectively. They just always find a way to to churn out prospects, to do it the right way, to not overspend for people, to spend at the right time let Albert Pujols walk, but sign Matt Holliday to a really big deal. That seemed crazy at the time, but, you know, they were completely right now in 2015. Yeah, I really like this team. And in our MLB free agency podcast, I was really mad and upset that I forgot to talk about Jason Hayward being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. I love the move just for the fact that he's going to what is the best organization in baseball. Uh, This was once a guy that was heralded as one of the top players, future players in all of baseball. And he's kind of fallen off that map ever since he had a couple of injuries. I think St. Louis is a perfect place for him to regain that track. He's a great fielder, a great athlete. Um, I think it was a great move. And yeah, I, how I can't doubt St. Louis and, and what they do. I, it, it would be foolish not to consider them the favorite to win the central again. Right, and and Hayward had Harper and Trout-like hype. I mean, this guy came into the leagues and was expected to be one of those guys who was just going to be a superstar. And certainly in the early goings, he he lived up to it. But you're right, since then he's kind of fallen off a bit. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't bend against the team that, like you said, has been doing it. Unlike... Some of the contenders in baseball, mainly the Yankees, they don't spend their way out of problems. They do it very shrewdly. The holiday for Pujols deal was viewed as by many as insane, but it's turned yeah. out to be a brilliant move. Holiday does not cost what Pujols does, and he has been exceptionally productive for them. Yeah. Yeah. You bet against the Cardinals, you end up looking foolish most of the time. They're just a very well-run organization, and I'm going to trust whatever they've got brewing down in their farm system to be solid, if not great. But they do play in probably the toughest division in the National League, maybe by default, but I like the Pittsburgh Pirates, too. They've got a lot of talent. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon is a stud. That outfield is amazing with Starlin Marte and Gregory Perlanco. I guess the only real question mark, the, the thing I don't like about the Pirates is their rotation. After Garrett Cole, it's kind of ho-hum. They don't really have much after Cole as their number one. Certainly. I, I like the team, too, and they had a really good year last year. Uh, but they they had a really quiet offseason, and I think that kind of made me hesitate in picking them. I think if they added a piece or two, spent a little bit of money, I probably would have picked them to win the NL Central because as consistent and great as the Cardinals are, none of these teams except for the Chicago Cubs really made a huge splash in the offseason. And so it seemed like the NL Central could have had a power shift and the Pirates might have missed out on that. But yeah, can't count out McCutcheon. This is a team that won 88 games and made, and clinched the wild card last year. They are. They do have some depth in their farm system and behind them, so I think they can combat some of the inconsistencies in the rotation. I agree with you. If you told me at the end of the year that any of these five teams in the NL Central made the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I would be 
a little shocked if it were the Brewers and the Reds, but I could make a case for them right now to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'd be a little surprised about the Brewers and the Reds. The Brewers had a good season, but they finished 9-22. and And the Reds seem to have traded away a couple pieces and taken a step back, though they do have Johnny Cueto. And if Joey Votto can get back to his form, they'll be a deadly team as well. Yeah, the wild card is the Cubs, and that's not my official wild card pick. I'm talking generally <laughs> speaking, wild yeah. card. The Cubs, I mean, they add John Lester, have Jake Arrieta, and a ton of prospects. I mean, if two of these guys pan out, they could easily make a run at the division. Chris Bryant, Solar, I said his name wrong. I know it, and Javier Baez to go with Anthony Rizzo and Starling Castro. Those two are a little more established. And all intents and, per- and and by all accounts, they have the farm system depth to make a move if they are on the cusp of, cusp of being in contention. So we'll, that's they're definitely the most intriguing team in this division. I think it would be a disappointment if they didn't finish at least third. I think they could they got to yeah. take a step forward and show some development with some of these prospects. It's time for these prospects to get to the majors and show what they're capable of. They've been talking. People have been talking about Theo Epstein and his prospects for the last three years now if they finish at the bottom of this division that i think the seat's going to get real hot on that front office uh, fans are only patient for so long now that the prospects are here they're going to want to see them produce and at least i think get to third in that division certainly they're definitely a darling pick right now a lot of a lot of people like them to to take the nl central by storm they won 73 games last year and that was the most they've won in the last few years that's not all that impressive they finished dead last and were 17 games behind the St. Louis Cardinals who were in first place. Um, if you listen to the free agency podcast, you know that I wasn't a fan of the John Lester move. I think that they are still, they should have made that splash next year when these prospects have finally panned out and you know who is in your rotation, who's in your lineup. Then that's when you open up the bank and start spending. So it's going to be a really interesting year. They seem to be making a playoff push when they the team itself is probably one or two years away from being a, a legitimate contender. But yeah, they, they're they riddled with with tons of prospect talent. The number one and the number two prospects in all MLB and Chris Bryan and Jorge Solar. So they can definitely make some noise and make a splash. But I just, there are it's there's so much potential and not enough known entities that I can't pick them to win the, the division, especially in this division, which as we've mentioned many times already, is the most competitive and the most talented division in all of baseball. I think they're one or two years away, but yeah, they're coming and they're going to make some noise for sure. They do have a really good manager, though, getting Joe Madden is definitely oh, yeah. a solid get for them. And I, I, I think you're right. I think they're a year away. I think next year, seeing after seeing how these prospects pan out, I can get more excited about the Cubs, especially with the Pirates, as we've mentioned not looking like an overwhelming number two in the division. I could easily see them maybe making a run next year and taking that number two spot. But until I see the Cardinals fall, and I mean fall hard, not from just division champion to wild card, I'm not about to pick against them. I think that this is still their division to win, but there's certainly some teams that are very intriguing that could bubble up and and give them a run for their money. as soon as this year, I could see Pittsburgh giving them a run this year. Sure, but I think next year it's going to get even more intriguing as the Chicago Cubs, if they do what they're supposed to do and develop. Yeah, definitely, and not 
we we talk we say that this is the best division in baseball. Uh, we should definitely talk about the Reds and Brewers for a moment. I think the Reds' keys are what what you moment what you mentioned a, a few minutes ago: Johnny Cueto and Joey Votto's health. Just furthermore, uh, Jay Bruce and, and Brandon Phillips' health as well, and their consistency. They had a really good year two years ago. Last year was a real a, a big disappointment. And Joey Votto had probably what was the worst year of his career to date. If he can regain that form, that MVP form that that he had just a few years ago, this is a, a scary team that won 97 games, I believe, three years ago. So certainly they, those pieces are still there where they can make an impact. You know, Billy Hamilton's an exciting talent at the top of the lineup. Uh, if if everything goes right for them, they could be right there and they could definitely uh, win the division. I think I I I'm betting against it just because. Um, of the inconsistencies that have happened since last year. But yeah, I, I, I think they definitely deserve some credit and this, this could be like a last hurrah for this team. Cause I think after this year, Jay Bruce, Brandon Phillips, they're, they might be on their way out of the, uh, out of Cincinnati so that they can make one last final push maybe and, and win the division. What do you think? Oh, I, I mean, they definitely have the talent. It has to bounce back, but I really, really hope Jay Bruce bounces back because he's on my fantasy team and, that would be awesome. <laughs> well, see, I had him. I am last year when he hit two seventeen, so I kind of strayed away from him this year. <laughs> it was really yeah. disappointing year last year for Jay Bruce. Yeah, and then then just to give the Brewers a little love, they did lose G- Giovanni Gallardo to Texas. That can't help them. I, I don't know. I, I I think these two teams are going to finish in the bottom two, but I think of the two, the Reds have a better shot at making a run at yeah. the playoffs than the Brewers. But I'm sticking with the Cardinals. I think you. I think you're going to stick with the Cardinals too. Yeah, I'm. I'm going Cardinals. Brewers. If Ryan Braun returns to MVP form and Carlos Gomez continues to excite, they could be an intriguing team. But as of right now, I think they're going to finish last. So yeah, Cardinals. Cool, cool. Way out west, man. We're going to go to a new time zone now. So the Dodgers are probably the Washington Nationals equivalent of the NL West. I'd say. Um, spending tons of money on lots of people they had an interesting offseason i'd say uh they let hanley ramirez sign with the boston red sox they traded d gordon to miami they traded for jimmy rollins they traded for howie kendrick and they signed brandon mccarthy and brett anderson for their rotation so not really uh moves that we are accustomed to seeing from the dodgers usually they make big splashes lots of money this year they kind of sat pat mostly because there are some really big names hitting the free agency market next year. But for a team that's supposedly in the middle of World Series contention and has the best player in baseball, I thought those moves were a little puzzling, and they didn't really excite me to pick them to win the World Series. What do you think? Yeah, it, it was definitely an interesting offseason, especially given what they've done the last couple of years. They have not been shy about spending. They overtook the Yankees in payroll for the last couple seasons. But it's hard to bet against the rotation of Kershaw and Grinky. And I heard you say the best player in all of baseball. You think Kershaw is number one, the top player in all of baseball? Uh, did I say player? I meant pitcher. If I said okay, player, okay. Uh, I definitely meant pitcher, pitcher. I definitely agree with you there. Pitcher, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, best, best player. Best, sorry, I, I'm saying player. <laughs> best pitcher <laughs> in all of baseball, Clayton Kershaw. Really hard to bet against him. All right. You could also make an argument for best player. I mean, I, I've. Oh, yeah. He I won, won MVP like, last year. 
Right. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, just like laugh you out of the room if you picked him as best player. I certainly think he's one of the five best players, but it's pretty bold, though. I mean, my my philosophy is, though, it's hard for a pitcher to be the best player in baseball. But at the same time, when you have that legitimate ace who's just unstoppable, it certainly ignites your team once every five days. And I feel like there's that trickle-down effect. It's kind of like the effect a quarterback has. Everyone kind of plays a little better when they know that they've got that guy in their back pocket. And definitely. Kershaw is definitely that. His postseason shortcomings aside, he is certainly uh, the easily the best pitcher in all of baseball. And when you got a guy like Greinke backing him up at number two, that's probably the best. If you're just looking at one-two punches, I would take that over anyone else. But I think the Nationals have the deepest rotation in the league, if that makes sense. No, certainly, and I agree with you. I think they're very similarly built to the Washington Nationals, which is a really good thing for for winning your division. I see nobody else in the division that's going to really challenge them. I think the West is a little more talented. I mean, they have the World Series champions and the San Francisco Giants in the same division, but the Dodgers just have so much talent that I think uh, they – are just built to win that division, and I, I really can't pick against them. Yeah, I would agree. I would pick the Dodgers to win the division, and let's just remember, it's an odd year, and the Giants have dominated the NL on even years and <laughs> won three World Series on even years, but it is an odd year this year, so they're probably going to miss the playoffs. They also lost Pablo Sandoval this offseason, but they do have a solid rotation. If Matt Cain can kind of bounce back a little bit, yeah, Tim Lincecum goes from being the best pitcher in baseball for two years to their five starter. But yeah. they do or got he, that. He Matt. might be a, a bullpen pitcher at this point. Right. I mean, he's he's. I th- I'm looking at a depth chart. He's listed as their five starter, but he certainly could uh, seed way to Ryan Vogelsong. Madison Baumgartner, though, last postseason really morphed into a Superman yeah. And hopefully that carries over into 2015 because I selected him as my first pitcher in my fantasy draft. So <laughs> yeah, really yeah. hoping that he has a great year. Yeah, he had 217 innings pitched in the regular season, which wasn't tops of the league. But then he finished the year, if you add the postseason, with 238 innings pitched and that memorable game seven where he came out to pitch the to close the ninth. Was that game seven? Yeah, that was game it was, seven. It was the clincher. I know that. Um, I don't know. It, you know, it, I'm always hesitant to to put money on a guy repeating as a workhorse when I haven't really seen his his body of work as a workhorse. But hopefully, he is now coming into form for you and can repeat that. Uh, they they certainly could make some noise and win a wild card spot. Like I said, the Dodgers are sitting happily and firmly and comfortably on top. But there's another team in California that I really like to win the wild card. I actually, predict- I know who you're gonna say. I know who you're gonna say. Just say it. San Diego Padres, the only yep. other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you kind of gave it to me, but I was actually just about to drop a, a San Diego curveball or something like that. But I knew, I knew you liked them. Yeah. But the more I look at that team, the more I, I really like them to be a sleeper in the National League. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have a completely retooled outfield in Will Myers, Justin Upton, and Matt Kemp. Uh, Matt Kemp had a really good second half last year, almost back to his top five player in baseball season 
if he can maintain moderate good health and maintain that consistency, they they you could argue that they just stole one of the best players in baseball from the Dodgers. And uh, I, I like I like that lineup that they have. I like the rotation that, that now that they added James Shields, they have Tyson Ross, Andrew Kashner, two young really good pitchers with James Shields, who's just a consistent innings eater, a guy that you know is going to go out there and get you five or six innings and help the bullpen, let them rest. And the X factor is actually none of those guys. Uh, the X factor is Ian Kennedy, who is now their fourth best pitcher in the rotation. Last year, he pitched 200 innings and had 207 strikeouts. That was by far a career career year for him. He's been a very up-and-down pitcher, first in Arizona and now in San Diego. If he can maintain that form, now they arguably have four aces in that rotation combined with a retooled outfield. I really like this team. Did you know that Brandon Morrow was on their team? Is he still on there? I, I just read that somewhere that he could be their number five starter. That's a really good rotation. And Morrow was at one point Toronto's ace. Now, he's had some injury problems, to say the least. But I think after Washington, one through five, this is the deep, second deepest rotation in the league. Yeah, I I really like it. And the, I, I, I'm with you. I'm on this Padres bandwagon. I think they're going to finish second in the division right behind the Dodgers. I think the Giants pull their odd year shenanigans and everyone except for Baumgartner will let them down. Baumgartner will be awesome for my fantasy team, but everyone else will put them in the third. Cause I, I mean, if Arizona and Colorado do anything, I'd be very surprised. I, I'm going to write those teams off. I don't think they're that good. No. Yeah. They didn't really do anything in the off season to improve from the bottom of the division. They have some, a couple of bright spots in Tulowitzki and, and cargo and, uh, Goldschmidt in Arizona but yeah they just don't really have a complete team the the Padres did you next year or this year they're paying their backup outfielders 19 million dollars they have Carlos Quentin on the bench now with Cameron Maben but to have Carlos Quentin on your bench I know he's not the player that he used to be that's a good good number three guy that can spot start at first base and outfield and potential trade chip maybe to add an arm or something I really like how the Padres are built and what they can do this year. Yeah, and they signed James Shields, but it, it wasn't a overwhelming contract, I don't think. I think it was pretty yeah. reasonable for a guy of his caliber. And yeah. I just double-checked because you made me doubt myself a little bit, but Brandon Morrow is, yeah, he's in contention for their five spot. So Kennedy and Morrow as your 4-5, that's pretty that's good. darn yeah. good. You could do a lot worse than that in the back of your rotation. Again, assuming Morrow stays healthy. Morrow has had a lot of health injuries. But if he's anything like he was in Toronto, minus the health problems, it's going to be a scary team. Yeah, definitely. I I made a, a bold prediction in the MLB Free Agency podcast that they're going to win the wild card, and I'm sticking to it. They're going to finish second in the NL West. Yeah, I think I'm going to jump on that bandwagon with you. I'm going to take the Padres as one of my wild cards as well. As much as I'm so tempted to do Cubs-Marlins because all you Back to the Future fans would know that reference <laughs> would be kind of sweet if they played in the wild card game. It wouldn't be the World Series like they predicted in Back to the Future, but it would be kind of sweet if they met in that playing game. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be kind of cool. It certainly is a possibility that wouldn't be outrageous or ridiculous but yeah I don't think 
either of them are going to make the playoffs. I don't have them. I don't have them in there. No, I don't have them in there either. I actually think the Cubs, Marlins, and Giants are all going to be in contention for the second wild card spot, but I think the Pittsburgh Pirates will ultimately clinch it. Yep, I'm in agreement with you on that. We we aren't having a really good debate about the National League here. Well, I mean, it's it seems pretty straightforward on paper. I, I think that last year it was pretty clear that there was a divide between the haves and the haves-nots in the league. And yeah. I think it's kind of spilled over into the offseason. Some of the traditional powers like Atlanta, Philadelphia, and some of them are kind of taking a step back. But, yeah, I mean, I hey, we're in agreements. So uh, who who is going to represent the National League in the World Series? Well, before we get to that, who do you think is going to win the NL MVP? I have a former NL MVP winner, a guy that has finished, he finished third last year, won it the year before, and then finished third before that, Andrew McCutcheon. I think he is just the most consistently great player in the National League in terms of offense, and I think he is going to get another one because I was trying to think of another guy that is, could have an amazing season and not a lot pop up other than former M- NL MVPs and like Vado or, or Ryan Braun. Um, I don't think Giancarlo Stanton is there yet to be an MVP. And I think it's going to help that Pittsburgh is going to have a really good team. That's going to be in playoff, going to make the playoffs. So Andrew McCutcheon is my pick. Man, we're just agreeing on everything because I picked McCutcheon too. Um, <laughs> I, I do think if the Marlins make the playoffs, though, Stanton would have a real good case for it if he has a year like he did last year. But I think McCutcheon's going to win the MVP. He's a safe pick because he's just got it all. He's a stud. He's also on my fantasy team, by the way. So hopefully he does win the MVP. Yeah, you should be picking him for MVP if you drafted him. <laughs> but uh, who do you got for Cy Young? Uh, well... It's hard to bet against Clayton Kershaw, who's won it two years in a row, three of the last four years, but it it just seems like it's time he he might regress a little bit. I think the only guy that can really challenge him is Matt Harvey from the New York Mets. I'm going to pick him. He had uh, an electric year two years ago and had a really good spring training this year. I, I I think he's the only guy who has the talent to challenge Kershaw for the Cy Young. So, Matt Harvey. Aha! We finally disagree on something. And I'm reluctantly picking this guy. But I think because the Washington Nationals are going to be a pretty dominant team, I think Max Scherzer, moving from the AL to the NL, a former AL Cy Young Award winner, is going to benefit from playing in what I think is a bit of a weaker league, you kind of see the AL to NL switch benefit the pitcher a little bit. Yeah, I think Scherzer's going to come over and have a really strong year on a really strong team. I think voter fatigue is going to play into Clayton Kershaw, kind of like it's playing into LeBron James in the NBA for the NBA MVP race. So I think Scherzer is going to have the advantage of being on a really good team and have the potential to have a really dominant season. He's got the talent to do so as well. I like Scherzer for those reasons. Even though I don't really want to pick him, I'm going to. All right. I I definitely could see it. I mean, he's a former Cy Young winner, so how could you bet against him? And I agree with you. Going to the NL definitely seems to benefit some pitchers. So uh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I'm glad we disagreed on something. Yeah, no. Next week, send me your notes so I can pick 
everything different than you so we can have some controversy next week definitely i honestly i think the american league is up for a lot more debate in a I, lot I do too i think i think the american league is a lot more fun in the races i think the nl may have some better teams overall like a couple two really dominant teams but i think the american league has more depth so next week should be really fun who do you got as the first half of this equation in the world series well, you alluded to the pattern that is in the National League of it's an odd year, so the San Francisco Giants won't make the playoffs and won't win a World Series. But there's another factor to that equation where the St. Louis Cardinals take their place and assert their dominance, and I I can't pick against them, man. They're going to the promised land in 2015. Uh, they're going to go to their fifth straight NLCS, and they're going to win it this year. I just don't believe in the LA Dodgers or the Washington Nationals as a playoff winning team they're certainly talented enough they just seem to not have what it takes to make it through and the Cardinals definitely do and I'm picking them yeah I wanted to pick the Cardinals too mainly because of that because of the even odd thing but here's what I'm going to do I'm going to throw out my friends uh, in DC a little more love and pick the Washington Nationals to win the National League and here's why Two out of three years, they've been the best team in the NL. Two out of three years, they've lost in heartbreaking fashion. I think that we talked about it with Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, how you said that their loss in the national championship fueled this uh, chase to perfection over in the men's basketball tournament. I think having such disappointment in the last couple seasons is going to fuel this team especially since the front office went out and got a guy like Scherzer and pushed the chips in. I think that kind of ignites a clubhouse, coupled with the disappointment. They've got the talent. They've got the depth. I think they're going to do it this year. I think they're going to be everything that those fans want. And I went to a game in Washington last year. It was really fun. The fans really come out and support the team. So it is pretty awesome environment. And I think the Washington Nationals will make the World Series. But here's a cliffhanger for y'all. I guarantee that my pick for World Series champion will be different than my brother's next week. All right. You heard it here. That's a prediction that will come to fruition very shortly. Yes, next week. I guarantee that the team I picked to win it all to beat the Nationals in the World Series, so obviously on the AL side, will be different than whoever you pick. All right, now I'm intrigued. I'm not going to ask you. I want to – well, maybe I should ask you so we don't pick the same team. But You can if you want. Or you can just tell me your pick, and I'll tell you if it's the same. Okay. Not yeah. on the air, of course. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that when we're planning. So it'll be cool. But, yeah, if that wasn't a cliffhanger to get you guys to come back, then I don't know what is. Hope you enjoyed our little National League roundup. And I hope that you guys will come back for our second part. We'll probably have a little more disagreement on the American League side. Don't forget to check out our third bonus edition of the NCAA tournament where we recap the amazing Elite Eight. And I celebrate an achievement 12 years in the making in our bonus edition podcast. I'm very proud of myself. I believe I called it life goal number three on Facebook. (laughs) And then next week, we'll be back with part two of this uh, two-part MLB preview. Enjoy opening day on Sunday. Have fun. 
Baseball, summer, spring is almost here, all that fun stuff. And of course, next week we will be recapping the Final Four and the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship in our final fourth and final bonus edition, March Madness. So a lot to look forward to on What Are You Talking About? Please follow us on Twitter, FenleyRDSports. Visit our website, FenleyRoadSports.com. We'll have some updates for you, post our updated brackets and whatnot. And we, again, thank you for your support. And it was, uh, yeah, great debate in the National League for you, Bob. I'll uh, talk to you again next week. Certainly. Talk to you soon, Chris. All right, man. Take it easy.